Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name's Graham. I'm, I'm uh, the minister here at uh, Robertson Anglican. If you're um, here with us for the first time visiting, it's great to have you here. Welcome. That, uh, that's one of my favourite scenes, um, I must admit, from one of my favourite movies. Uh, I, I, um, I must con- confess I'm a bit of a Will Ferrell fan. He, um, I, I think, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit of a fan. Anyway, uh, welcome. Good to have you here this morning. If, uh, if you're here for the first time, you might want to... Uh, on the little bulletin that you received as you walked in, there's a little tear-off slip, a comment card. If you'd like to keep in touch with things that's going on at the church here, fill out one of those and, and put it in the offertory bag or the, of, or the um, comment card box at the back. How about I pray for us and then we're going to have a look at God's word and, and see what he has to say to us this morning. Father, thank you for your goodness and mercy to us. Uh, thank you that we can gather together and remember and celebrate Jesus uh, coming to this earth Uh, God with us, Emmanuel. Lord, we pray as we think about Jesus, we pray that you would uh, speak to us, you you would open our hearts to what and minds to what Jesus, what Lord God you have to say to us. And uh, thank you for this opportunity in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, yeah, I I do love um, a good Will Ferrell film. Um, Some of them are more wholesome than others, to be totally honest. But that's that's an okay one. So that scene, famous scene, is often referred to as the the baby Jesus prayer scene. it's from his movie Talladega Nights, and I still think uh, ripped off. He didn't get an Oscar. Couldn't believe it. Anyway, um, so Ferrell plays Ricky Bobby, who's is a, he's a massively successful yet profoundly dumb race car driver. Uh, at dinner time, Ricky Bobby leads the family in prayer to baby Jesus, and Ricky's wife Carly who he thanks God uh, because Carly is a stone-cold fox. Uh, Carly um, interrupts Ricky mid-prayer and to remind him, she says, you know, sweetie, Jesus did grow up. You don't have to always call him baby. I like the Christmas Jesus best, Ricky responds. I'm so- and I'm saying grace. When you say grace... You can see it, the grown I'm going to lose my accent. I was trying really hard. I practiced really hard too. Anyway, <laughs> walking around the house, can I do a southern accent? I don't know. Um, you can, what is it? You can, he says, um, you, when you say grace, you can pray it to grown-up Jesus, teenage Jesus, or bearded Jesus, or whoever you want. But, you know, it's hard to go past the, uh, the Christmas Jesus, isn't it? The, the the Jesus snuggled snug, snuggled up in the in the manger with the, the cattle allowing around. In fact, this image of Jesus is is so um, uh, domestic and perfumed that one of the Christmas carols even makes the outrageous claim: "No crying he makes." <laughs> I I have no doubt that Mary and Joseph would beg to differ. But dear, tiny, sweet baby Jesus is the image that appeals most to Ricky Bobby and I suspect to many of us as well. Baby Jesus Christianity is, is what we see around us at Christmas. Uh, immature, unrealistic, domesticated, a little like a fairy tale really. Uh, it's Jesus without the Christ. It's the baby without the adult he was a man. He had a beard, as, uh, as Chip protests. That's uh, Carly's father, who's, um, who, who Ricky Bobby prays for. He prays for his leg that smells a bit and uh, the dogs keep bothering it. My favourite lines. <laughs> it, it, that sort of Christianity, that baby Jesus Christianity, is that white picket fence 
Christianity. It's with an emphasis on a certain kind of uh, subdued family life, niceness, sensible shoes, uh, leaving your brain at the door type Christianity. It's the type of Christianity that gets associated with flat world theory, sentimentality and social irrelevance. But I wonder if we can put aside the stereotype and make some effort to understand Jesus from the perspectives other than the culture of our day and even misguided uh, Christmas carols. On your outline, uh, you can see in your bulletin there, uh, there's four perspectives that I want to bring to you over the next um, few minutes and uh, uh, to help us to understand Jesus better. All right. I hope you actually did get an outline. No one seems to have an outline. There you go. Oh, that's a, there you go. They're all at the back there. I must have missed them. You're not missing too much, don't worry. You can get one on the way out and find out what's going on at church. Um, that's okay. Well, the first thing in your outline, which has really set out so well, I'm so disappointed you missed it. That's okay. Um, the first little perspective that we can understand here that helps us understand the grown-up Jesus is the historical Jesus. That's the Jesus of history who walked this earth some 2,000 years ago. Now, you won't find a credible uh, historian today who believes that Jesus was just a fairy tale, just a myth, which some people uh, like to think. Uh, Professor E.P. Sanders, for example, from uh, Duke University in the US, wrote in his book, uh, quite a good book to read, The Historical Figure of Jesus, he says there's no substantial doubts about the general course of Jesus' life. In fact, historical accuracy was important to many of the biblical writers, uh, take Luke, for example, who wrote uh, the gospel that Dorothy just read from, the gospel of Luke. It's a biography of Jesus. It tells us about Jesus' life and his death and resurrection and so, on and so forth. Now, Luke stressed from the very beginning, chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, he stressed his concern that he wanted to get things right. He wanted to write an orderly account for his friend Theophilus. After investigating everything from the beginning, he said, he wanted his readers to know the certainty of things that happened with Jesus. Now this focus of Luke also comes out in the section we, we read a, a few moments ago at the start of that chapter. Chapter 2, you might remember all those names and details. He gives names and details, places, events. He does that so that we can place the birth of Jesus, the historical event of the birth of Jesus in the context of history. Christianity is and always has been a historical faith. Well, the second perspective that helps us to understand Jesus better, the grown-up Jesus, is the ethical perspective. That's where we examine the teachings of Jesus that have contributed so much to moral understanding over the last sort of 2,000 years. So who hasn't? Who hasn't pondered? The healing power of Jesus' unique teaching to turn the other cheek if you're wronged. Uh, or, or to love your neighbour even when your neighbour may not be one of your kind. Who hasn't pondered that? Who isn't shocked and impressed at his instruction to love your enemies and even to do good to them? Uh, if only those claiming to be Christians had put this into practice more often. What about this third perspective, this uh, the social perspective? So, so far we've seen the historical perspective, the, the ethical perspective, the social perspective. Jesus' teaching spilled over into political practices that have, on most readings of it, strengthened the backbone of Western society. 
So here's how one author described the impact of Jesus, a secular historian, Professor Rodney Stark. He said, without the teachings of Jesus, it is unclear whether we would have developed the argument for human rights based on individual dignity, whether uh, democratic politics would have emerged, or whether freedom of conscience would have won out over tyranny. Pretty significant sort of words, I think, that uh, Professor Stark says. See, he says that because... He knows that Jesus, as we read in the, in the Bible as well, that Jesus didn't judge people according to how much money they had. He didn't do that. Or what social castes they were, or how much authority they, they had. Each person, Jesus taught, is made in the image of God. Each person is unique. Each person can be forgiven and made righteous with God, friends with God, no longer enemies with God. And, and to prove the value and dignity of any one person, Jesus healed people. He showed compassion. He included people. He, he stood up for the oppressed. He fed them rather than walking on past them. But the truth is, uh, as the Bible makes clear, that Jesus didn't come to show us how to live good lives. That's a misunderstanding of the Bible and, and of the Gospels. He didn't come for that reason. All that is secondary. Jesus came, as we read from Luke chapter 2, Jesus came to be the saviour of the world. He came to be a ransom for our sin. That's our rejection of God. He came to make us right with God. So finally, there's the Jesus of theology. Now, lots of people, uh, lots of traditions, have their own thoughts and beliefs about Jesus, some closer to the truth than others. But the core of Christian belief is clear, as the Bible tells us, that Jesus reveals God to the world. And his death and resurrection achieve peace between wayward human beings and a holy God. This peace is a gift. You can't earn it. And it comes simply through, through trust or faith. It's the same word. In the words of Jesus, it comes through belief in Jesus. That's the good news that the angels spoke to the shepherds of in Luke chapter 2 that Dorothy read for us. Verse 10 says, But the angels said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. That's the best news at Christmas time, that we can have peace with God. That's the best news. And as the angel said, that's good. the good news of Jesus, that, that good news is for everyone. Jesus is for everyone, all the people. It's, it's great joy for all the people. That's, that's you and me, uh, your neighbour, friends, family, everyone. And so that's why the angels sing. They sing praising God, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth Peace to those on whom his favour rests. Well, Ricky Bobby um, may prefer his golden fleeced diaper wearing image of baby Jesus. But let's be a little different today, shall we? Uh, rather than taking a B-grade comedy approach, in fact that's a bit harsh on Will Ferrell, isn't it? It's not B-grade, it's pure comedy. Um, but rather than taking that approach to Jesus... Uh, this Christmas, Let, let's give, give the adult Jesus, that's the one with the beard, 
Um, let's, let's give him a closer look, shall we? How can we do that? Well, not too complicated. We can actually read. Uh, first and foremost, we can read God's word. We can pick up a Bible and read one of those biographies of Jesus, those Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke or John, the first four books of the New Testament. Have a read and see what Jesus, see this, what, what this grown-up Jesus said and did. And see the claims he made. And second, why not come along to our services in, in January? If, if you're a local person, do that. Because we're going to spend a fair bit of time um, thinking through uh, the, about the relationships Jesus had with people as he spent time with them and, and, he, and he taught them and so on. And what was common in those days is as Jesus met with people, they'd share a meal together. And so this next teaching series uh, is, is called Meals with Jesus. It's a bit corny, I know, but it's a good excuse to talk about Jesus and I'll take that any day. So come along and join us. How about I pray for us and we'll continue our service. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you that you sent Jesus uh, to this earth. We thank you, Lord, that he was a baby. He, he lived uh, a real life and he had real um, parents and uh, he, um, he grew up to be a real man. And that real man, Lord God, uh, died on a cross for us um, so that we could have peace with you. Lord, thank you that you sent Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you that you died, you gave yourself up for us. Lord, we, um, we pray that you give us a good day today as, as we meet with family and friends and we share gifts. But Lord God, help us to remember the greatest gift of all. And that gift is for all the people. And that is the gift of your son, Jesus. Thank you for today. In Jesus' name. Amen.